So um, I, am, I am going to do a, a soft uh, intro because Russ is actually introing some other people. That's why we have the, looks almost like, it looks like, like, like the Beatles or someone's coming or somebody. I don't know. It's going to be fun. Um, but a while back when we were on our retreat, um, we, uh, our elders retreat at the beginning of the year, we not only um, talked about different um, themes and especially about Jesus being king and Lord of our lives, but also um, we decided we wanted to try to do some fun, some fun and interesting things like a panel discussion. And so Pastor Russ, amazing Pastor Russ, is going to um, lead us in that. So would you welcome and honor Russ Folkler? Thank you. I feel loved. It's not, it's, no one's tricking me, huh? Okay. All right, so um, the topic tonight is God's ways with us. Originally, we talked about calling it life in the spirit, but this felt more what the Holy Spirit wanted to, to call it. And we're gonna have three folks come up and share some of what they've experienced of God's ways with them. But the point is, uh, I really want to encourage all of you as you, um, as you listen, or maybe the Holy Spirit will just take you off into visions and um, experiences of His ways with you while we're talking, and that's okay. <laughs> it's, it's all about encountering God. That's, that's what really changes us. Um, Sometimes when we think about God's ways with us, we, we think about the, in the Old Testament and you, know, you, you, needed to, you needed to learn his ways in order to not be in trouble. But I really like this, this photo. This, was, this, is, this feels very life-giving to me. It's, can you see there's water flowing down and it's very, very green? And really God's ways with us are the ways of life. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And down in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own. So part of this is being known by Jesus and knowing him. And John 17, 3, Jesus said, now this is eternal life. Were you wondering what is eternal life? This is eternal life that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So that's where life comes from, is by knowing. And is, is that the intellectual kind of knowing? No, it's, it's the yada, experiential kind of knowing. So knowing God, knowing God's ways, Psalm 103, that's one of my favorite psalms. Is that one of your favorite psalms, 103? Yeah, 103 FM. <laughs> God made his ways known to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. So who got a better picture, a fuller picture of what was going on? Moses. And Moses was the one who pursued God so much also. That's always fascinated me. Like, hmm, what did you learn, Moses, about God's ways? Well, I think one thing Moses learned is that God is interactive. It wasn't all just one direction, was it? It wasn't all just stuff coming from God. 
at one point, God expressed his displeasure with the children of Israel. He said, well, tell you what, I'll, how about if I wipe them all out and we just start out again, you and me, Moses? But, but I think Moses knew his, God's true ways, which was that wasn't really God's heart. And, but God was inviting Moses to engage with him on behalf of the children of Israel. Let's see. A few more scriptures. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. The humble in Psalm 25, a few verses further down. The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. Real briefly, humility isn't about beating ourselves up and hating ourselves. How many, how many have taken, uh, learned from Pastor Brent about how important it is to receive God's love and to start loving ourselves appropriately and then being able to love other people as well. Yeah, that's the way, that's the way things really work. Humility isn't about beating yourself up. What is it about? It's about allowing yourself and even welcoming being influenced by somebody else. That's really, and especially to allow ourselves and even welcome being influenced by God. But really, we need two things. We need both humility and boldness. There's kind of, there's, there's, um, does, am I making sense? Yeah, we, just, just being, uh, simply being influenced is one thing, and that's important, but then God loves it when we're bold. Father, Papa God loves, this when, loves it when his children are bold. Just like Suzanne. Come on, <laughs> Come on Suzanne. We, we, love, we love when the, the lion comes forth from you, Suzanne. Thank you. So we, we want to, uh, we say, show us your ways, O Lord. Teach us your path. So there's a path. Just wanted to give you a visual. It's a path near my house. This is from a, a translation that Brent told me about. It's called the Heart of Paul Translation by Ben Campbell Johnson. And most of us have heard this as far as, as, far as that uh, God is able to com- complete the good work he's begun in you, but this is, this is a little different, little different take. I am sure that God will continue to expand the new creation he has initiated in you until he completes it on the day he fulfills all creation through Christ Jesus. That's a good one, huh? I'm going to say it again. It's so good. I am sure that God will continue to expand the new creation he has initiated in you until he completes it on the day he fulfills all creation through Christ Jesus. Yeah, that kind of, that kind of that expands things, doesn't it? And I invited three people to come and share uh, a bit of God's ways with them. But as, they, as you listen, I, I don't want, no, none of the three wants you to feel like this is the only way to relate with God. But I hope it, by hearing three different people, three different stories and, and understandings, it will help expand your vision for how God's ways are with you. Okay? And so I would like to ask our three panelists to come forward. Does anyone have any music as they come forward? (laughs) 
wish I had this behind you. Oh. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's uh, ask God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Please minister, Holy Spirit, please minister to our human spirits, each one's human spirit, that we would embrace more of, of what you're doing in us and through us and with us. And I ask that you bless each one who's speaking tonight. Uh, give them peace and shalom and joy and, ha and the grace to have fun tonight. Um, okay. Um, I'm Dirk Locker, in case you don't know. Um, and, and I want to uh, throw out a disclaimer at the beginning that um, I don't have it all figured out yet. So, <laughs> with that being said, um, we were raised in a Christian home and um, I've, I've been around a lot of years and, um, and I've come a long way. I know I'm, I know I'm on a journey. Um, I'm, I'm still working stuff out and there's a lot of things along the way that have, have pointed to the fact that, that Papa's looking out for me all the time. Um, the thing I've discovered is that I'm not necessarily always aware of what's going on and not paying attention. So I spend a lot of time doing life. And so whether that's, you know, paying attention to the traffic around me or or trying to figure out what I need to do next, it's not necessarily embracing what, what Papa is, is trying to show me. Um, so a big part of what I've been discovering is that I'm needing to be more aware. And, and so that involves my um, participation that I need to lean into or step into the um, experiences that Papa's providing. And one of the things I've found is that the more I do that, then the more response, the more, the more feedback, the more assurances I have that, um, that he's there with me too. So one of my, um, one of my deep held beliefs is that um, I don't have to be looking all over for, for Papa because he's here all the time. Mm -hmm. And so um, even though I may not be aware of it or, or I'm not paying attention, all I have to do is open my eyes or my ears and, and he shows himself. <laughs> And so for me, that looks like a lot of different things. Um, a while back, I sat in church when maybe I wasn't as involved as I am now, and I heard a drum. <laughs> and the drum spoke to my heart. It, 
it was something that, that Papa decided was a, uh, uh, a little way to get into my heart because, because my heart was closed. And because of that, it opened doors. It introduced me to people. It brought me in touch with a lot of people that I love and care for. And that was, that was kind of a beginning of, of my present day journey. And it also reminded me that there's all kinds of encounters that involve all my senses. And so I, I can get overwhelmed with a beautiful sunset or a wildflower or the waterfalls we have are blessed with. And, and those are great reminders to me of, of how Papa's just thanking us all, every day, just we're driving over here this afternoon and the, and the skies were just spectacular. The clouds were amazing. <laughs> and I just think, wow, <laughs> that's, I'm just so thankful. So Papa's just provided me with, with a growing awareness and the desire to to learn more. Um, he's given me the heart to be able to uh, reach out more. Um, he's inspiring me to, to look at everyone and, and quit, seeing the, <laughs> quit seeing the stuff and, and just keep loving on people. Um, I'm, it, it sounds kind of simple, but I, I've, I'm learning that I don't have to figure everything out, but th that I'm really needing to just live the life. I need to do it, and, and God takes care of the rest. I, don't, I just don't have to get <laughs> so caught up in things. So... I'm, I'm, I'm an individual. I, I was kind of blown away because I didn't have a whole lot prepared. I figured, oh, 10 minutes, we can do that um, easily. But um, I got here, and, and Todd's going into worship, and it's like, oh, well, there's my message. Um, you know, Brent stands up and talks a little bit. Oh, there's my message. Then Suzanne gets up and interjects, and there's my message. And there's just so much affirmation that, that what we're doing is right, that what we're doing is good, it's, it's powerful, it's God's will. And, and again, not that I have it all figured out, but we're, <laughs> we're moving in the right direction. So um, I'm gonna encourage you from my standpoint to use all your senses, um, someone, I, I like to hug, so we can use physical, and we can, I, I really appreciate the, your smiles and the looks in your eyes, and I want to see all those and share those too. Um, and I want to keep hearing the, the sounds of Todd and the praise teams and the birds and all the other wonderful sounds and just keep soaking it all in. So, thank you.
I have a second mic. Oh, so, so many of us have experienced Father God's love through you, from through you, uh, Dirk. Could you explain anything about how that's how you entered into that and, and started letting that flow? Um, okay, um, I guess for a long time I've known that I was a, I call myself a touchy person, okay? I, that, that spoke to me. But um, I have to admit that, that there are a lot of people in Blazing Fire and even others that have spoken things into my life that have been meaningful over the years, and that happens to be one of them, that resonated with me and it wasn't hard to, wasn't hard to embrace. Very good. And would you play something on the drum for us, something from your heart, since you brought it up? <laughs> Literally brought it up. <laughs> How many want to hear that? Sorry, that's really loud. Thank you, Dirk. Yes. And um, thanks for letting me stretch you. <laughs> and our next speaker is Julia Locker. Okay, I wrote notes because I needed to have them to keep me on track because we only have 10 minutes. <laughs> so I couldn't uh, take any gaps in what I was trying to say. Um, I came from a critical family and um, I was not raised as a Christian. And so I had, uh, because of a, a critical atmosphere, I put up a lot of walls. I compared myself to others. I had a strong feeling of not being good enough, not really even being wanted. I was the baby of six. And um, that caused a lot of fear to take root in me. And so I came from that atmosphere and um, grew up and got married and <laughs> to this wonderful man. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I went to college, but I did not finish, so I did not have a degree. And I, so I had a job, not a career, and I wasn't getting a lot of satisfaction from that. And so um, I just made my family um, be the ones that I lived through vicariously. And I put a lot of pressure on my family. Um, to perform and act a certain way because um, that reflected on me, I thought. And so um, that was a, not a very healthy position to be in. And so then I, along the way I got saved and I brought a lot of my dysfunction into my faith. And um, so I, I got saved and I hunkered down and said, okay, we're saved now and we've got a new set of rules and we're gonna just try and survive this thing. And um, 
So uh, there was a lot of fear, and because of the fear, I, I, I tried to control more. And um, so fortunately, I didn't stay there. It wasn't working well, and it wasn't pretty. So um, I started asking, who am I? And you know, what was I created to do? And um, there came a point where I, I kept you know, pursuing healing. I was going to classes, going to conferences, trying to do things. And there came a point where I kind of drew a line in the sand and said, I can't blame my past any longer for who I am. I took responsibility for who I was and said, I don't want to continue to be like that from now on. I'm going to keep on pursuing even more vigorously um, the truth about who I am and a healthy relationship with the Lord. And I have to say, Blazing Fire has been a huge, a huge part of that. So thank you. Um, so I've gone through, you know, Sozo and, and uh, all the different things that many of you have. And um, through some of those, um, some classes and different things. And so um, one of the really, uh, I had a couple pretty big breakthroughs recently in the last couple years. And uh, one of them, or several of them, came through. Um, I took Emerging Prophets up at the mission with Keith Ferrante. And he came and spoke at our church recently. And um, for those of you that were here, uh, you might agree with me. Keith's kind of wild. He's kind of off the hook, and um, it was pretty intimidating for me, his exuberance, but I stayed, and, and I thought, Lord, the Lord put me in his class for a reason. I felt very strongly that I was supposed to be there, and he stretched me. He stretched me a lot. <laughs> so, um, oops, wait a minute, sorry. Go back. So... Um, uh, during his class, he did a lot of getting us to question everything we believed, our beliefs about God and about people and places and most of all about ourselves. And um, so I would go to class and I would have um, to go home on the way home and for through the next week I'd be processing the crack or emotion or lie that had gotten exposed through that class and so because of that I just kept growing and growing and it was um, a hard very hard year but it was a really good year and um, so um, at the end of the class he had a private meeting with each student. And so I went into that class and I'm thinking, I've worked hard in this class. I've stretched in this class. And so I was expecting Keith to kind of say, good job, Julia, you've really stretched. And I went into that class, uh, into that meeting and I heard him say, don't come back. And that was really hard for me and my heart broke. And I came, I came out of that, and I thought, Lord, um, I need to take this to you. This is, this is really hurt. And I took it to the Lord because I knew I didn't want to stay there. I didn't want to carry that. And I processed it with him, and I forgave Keith, and I blessed him, and I forgave myself for the parts where the Lord was showing me it was partly my stuff. Well, and then after that... I saw that conversation in a whole new light. Because what Keith was really saying to me was, Julia, if you can't let down your walls and you can't receive from me, 
there's really not a reason for you to sign up for second year. That's really different than don't come back. But if we're wounded, we hear things through our filter and through our brokenness. So that made me press in even more strongly for my healing because I'm like, I do not want to be assuming the wrong things about people and hearing the wrong things of what people are saying because I'm putting it through the wrong filter. So I really pressed in more and I went to a sozo and during the sozo they were saying, well, let's forgive your father. Okay, I'm forgiving my father. I've been through lots of sozos, and I'm going through it, and I'm thinking in my head, as the gal's having me repeat different things to forgive my father for, I'm thinking in my head, been there, done that, or this one doesn't apply, but I'm obediently repeating after her. And then she says, um, she says something, and she says, um, and at which I repeated, Dad, I forgive you for not being emotionally available to me. I could barely get the words out. That rocked me. And I thought, here we are. This is it, this is pay dirt. This is why I'm in this appointment. <laughs> so it was good, it was so good, of course, as, as healings are. But I realized and made the correlation that I had walls up and because I believed that God was emotionally unavailable to me. And so um, that made me, it impossible for me to love and trust at the level that he was calling me to. So um, at the end of the sozo, God said to me, he was telling me some different things at the very end. And um, he said to me, I love you more than I love my son. And I said, what? I couldn't receive that. I was undone. But after processing, and I realized that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are all one. And God went to the cross for me. He chose to go to the cross for me and for you. So he loves us more than he loves himself. And so um, I just want to say that he is there for the big stuff and the little stuff. And I've heard a lot of this preached over and over again, but until I felt it and experienced it, it didn't change it in my heart. I couldn't let those walls down. So it was just mind-blowing to me that, um, that I had this revelation and that he told me that. And it just really changed me. And I just find that now that I've gotten so much healing, not that I'm at the end of my journey, that it's so much easier to forgive. It's so much less. I, I take offense so much less. I, I don't hold on to things. I give people grace in a way that I didn't before. And that's... Um, in Matthew 22, 37 and 38, it talks about love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then it goes on later to say love your neighbor as yourself. I couldn't hardly do that before. And I haven't arrived at the level at which God does it, but I can do it so much more than I used to. Yeah. 
So one of the things that I realized about both of these healings, one of the things that was key was forgiveness. And it opened up more love and more trust in my heart. And I'm a lot more joyful and peaceful and confident. And my fear has gone down a lot. So I'm just encouraging each one of you to press into the hard places. That's where the breakthrough is. And um, Chris Valentin says, the dogs of doom bark at the gates of destiny. So press in, keep going. Hold on, hold on a sec. Thank you so much, Julie. I feel like there's an anointing for you to, would you like to receive a, a prayer for that? Yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead and stand up and reach out your hand and whatever God gives you. So I invite you, if you're feeling like you need to forgive someone, if you're feeling an offense towards anyone, if you're feeling just, you don't like someone, there's just a, you know, they're not, you don't get a warm fuzzy about somebody. Just really talk to the Lord about that person and start forgiving them for what they've done to you. Start blessing them and just, I just, Lord, I just pray that each and every person would be able to reach out to you in a new way and be able to really surrender their hurts, those down deep hurts in their heart to you, Lord, so that you can say, finally, I've been wanting to fix that for you, but I just needed to wait until you were ready. So, Lord God, I just say, come, come, come. Touch each and every person here, each and every person listening on podcast. Touch their heart in the places that they need healing so that they can get a new revelation of what the truth is about themselves and about that other person that they're thinking about or that situation. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Julia. And I, and I would add, I would add and so we can see the truth about who you are, mm, God. Absolutely, absolutely. Because that's where the blockage was. And let me just say, this is a victory for me because I've never spoken before. Wow. And when Ooh. I was in... <laughs> and when I was in college, when this, the semester I dropped out, I purposely dropped out right before my first speech was due. Wow. <laughs> well done. Well done. This is Tim Vogel. Hi, guys. Tim. Thank you for uh, letting me be on this panel. I appreciate it. Um, Welcome. I was thinking on my, on my way here, I was like, I've never been invited to be on a panel before, so this is cool. I can't think of a better place to, to start. Um, I uh, was also kind of, um, you know, similar to, to Dirk and the fact that I didn't, I had a whole lot that I was going to say, but um, I think at the end of the day, it kind of was like, it led to a focus on me. And I've gotten to this place in my life where like, I'm, I'm kind of sick of myself. I kind of want like the Lord to kind of, you know, be front and center and kind of ha have his heart uh, directed. So I kind of scrapped some of the things that I was going to say, but I kind of feel like there's a theme tonight about, um, 
you know, the, the, the dark, deep places in our heart and, and, and how um, the Lord wants to touch those things and wants to touch and redeem those things in our hearts. And um, <clears throat> I, I kind of think that that is uh, something that I've certainly struggled with and, and have, have gone on a journey. Um, I prepared a little bit, um, just some things that the Lord kind of gave me as uh, we were in worship. Um, I kind of wanted to start out with um, like a foundation. And for me, um, in, in my pursuit of the Lord, there's, there's, a, there's just a hunger that's just always been there. I, I can't explain it. I don't know. I think it was just God-given. And there's a, there's a tenacity inside my spirit to not necessarily divide and conquer, but to be everything that God kind of called me to be, you know. And so I kind of approached the Lord with that vein. Um, you know, it's, it's not always pretty. I can tell you that much right now. Um, <laughs> with, that, with that foundation, um, I have a core belief. And that core belief is that I was made with a purpose and that I was predestined um, to be used by the Lord. Um, and I, and I, th I think that part is something the Lord gave me, um, and I guess I chose to believe him. So, so at that point, I think I started this journey. Um, in that journey, my ego, <clears throat> which was rather large at the time and still is from time to time, <laughs> um, and got separated and replaced with his ego, um, which is, I wrote, way cooler than mine. Um, the, the, I think the, the problem started to happen, or the tension was, was that I became self-aware enough about myself to know that I was not capable to carry out any of the things that the Lord had put on my heart. I mean, he had given me some crazy stuff, and I was like, seriously? You know, like, I, I knew what I was dealing with at the time, and I'm like, I don't... I don't Maybe, maybe someday, Lord, I guess, you know, we'll get there. But um, in that pursuit, um, I, I think there's a couple things that are, that are inside of me that, and I did not mean, we talked before, and, 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 and I'm totally not a fan of, like, any methodology or any, like, step one, two, three kind of stuff, but here it is. I wrote it down, and <laughs> I, wrote, <laughs> I wrote down one, two, three. So... Um, <laughs> Maybe that's my way of kind of like trying to be in control. Um, if I have anything on my own merit, it, it, it's the following. Um, one, I guess maybe courage um, or just an unwillingness or lack of control to control the collision or the spiritual violence from stopping. Um, scrap that. I never had any choice or decision one way or the other. Um, somehow Jesus interrupts the destruction and spares me. That's my... Uh, uh, sheep being led to the slaughter. <laughs> I could, I, I, I've thought about getting a tattoo uh, of that on my, sh on my shoulder. But, um, you know, my circumstances were predestined to put me in a situation of, of complete dependency on him. Um, not only to change the, the internal man, but, but the circumstances of my life. Um, I wrote the process, being emptied of me. <laughs> Um, two, um, he always shows up. Do you believe it? Um, if he tells you something, are you courageous enough to believe that he's going to do it? 
Um, and then I wrote down, you know, my heart. Um, my desire <coughs> is to live with, with, without a governor, um, full speed ahead. I think that's kind of how I, I operate in life. And, you know, that doesn't always work out very well um, because not everyone is, <laughs> I guess, um, ready to go where I'm going. Um, trust. Um, he is good. And, and he's not a withholder of anything. Um, he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Do you believe that you're going to find him as you pursue him? Those are, these are questions that I, I ask myself. I, I believe that I'm going to find him when I, when I pursue him. Otherwise, it's just, what's the point? Um, uh, <laughs> I'm never going to be the same. Um, sometimes we're brought into, in, in, brought into, I don't, we're brought into it. Sometimes darkness just kind of surrounds us. Um, the, those dark places, you know, come upon us, or, but the dark places do not come upon us the way we fear it. So, so we have this fear of whatever it is that's, you know, that the Lord's wanting to deal with. We're, we're forced to deal with the fear, but it doesn't overtake us. And I wrote down kind of like, I don't know why I wrote this, but transfiguration. I was thinking about, um, I, may, I may have be having a conversation about, you know, something and, and that individual or that person may get a, a line on me and, and, and think that that's, you know, who I am or that's what I'm about. But um, in my experience, the Lord kind of like, shifts that. And so the next time I interact with that person, I'm not what they may have interacted with me before. And, and so I, I have this experience with the Lord that he, that he just completely changes me from what I was before to what I am now. And so I, I'm, not the, I'm not the same today, and I'm not going to be the same tomorrow or the next day or the next day or the next day. Um, it's just a continual process of, of, of him um, just, just shifting me. And, and, I, and I think it's as much about um, my true self or my, my true identity coming forth in addition to just more of him. Um, and I believe that, that in him, my identity is, is kind of hidden, but he allows it to be revealed from time to time <laughs> when he decides... It's okay. Um, I wrote down uh, that, that this whole process that I'm describing kind of plays itself over and over again in my life. Um, the things that are set against how he sees us are dealt with, and sometimes it's scary. Um, but his mercy and grace are there to keep us. I, I, I just want to kind of just end with, um, there's a lot of scary things that have been in my spirit that I still, maybe I'm still gonna have to deal with and, and some of it I've dealt with. Um, it's just not fun uh, one way or the other. I, I don't know any rosy way to, so there's, there's no way to, to put lipstick on that. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of messy and it's, it's challenging and it's, and it's scary and, and sometimes it's spiritually violent um, and uh, I, I can't think of any other way to describe it. Um, 
but allowing the Lord access to that part of our heart. And I think is really the critical part. You know, I think, I think just giving him access and um, getting into a... I always struggle with, like, is there anything that we can do to speed up the process? or do? And, and I, I don't really think there is, but I think there's one thing. We can pursue him and have the faith that he's, you know, he's going to show up. And we can posi- position our hearts yes. to receive. Yeah. And I, I think that really is about the only thing um, that I can control. And, um, and so I, and I, I kind of wrote, sometimes reaching down into that place to deal with that is challenging because the Holy Spirit has to lead us in his timing to deal with it. Um, it's delicate work. Um, and some of these wounds are, you know, I kind of have this visualization of like a, just a spider web and just, just all, it's just all like tangled up and screwed up and, and there's all sorts of things underneath it that God wants to deal with it, but he's got to deal with this first before he can get to that. And, and, and I, sometimes it can be really, it's not even worthwhile to go into his thought processes of the master and the creator of this world because he knows how to do it best. And, and I think, um, I've just gotten to the point where I just want him to be the master and I'll just be the student because um, I, I've, it just works out a lot better that way. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, I, I've, I've struggled a lot in my life with just wanting to, to get ahead of him. And um, I feel like um, that's, I, I feel like he, if there's any way that he deals with us, it's customized. It's like, it's just customized to each specific person. So I don't know, you know, with me, it was a whole lot of, you know, my ego, self-sufficiency. Um, you know, I, I, before circumstances in my life brought me to where I am now, I mean, in the world's eyes, you know, I didn't need anything from anybody. And so I carried myself. and so. That wasn't who God created me to be, but it was something that he needed to deal with. <laughs> so um, that's all I have. Wow. wow. Thank you, Tim. So I, I tried to pick three very different people to, for you to hear from. And uh, what Tim didn't share... Um, because he didn't want it to be about him, but I'm going to say that Tim went through a, a, on a journey of pursuing something that seemed impossible, which was a, a piece of, of property, and it didn't didn't it seemed really out of reach. But he just walked along with God each step of the way. And what what did you anything you want to share about what you learned from that? Sure. Um, I think. Uh, well. I mean, I'll, I'll share this much. I, I, um, I've been divorced now for almost a year, and um, my, my ex-wife at the time, she wasn't, she wasn't working for a couple of years, and, um, which was really hard, because I was you know, paying the mortgage and a lot of other scenarios. And um, this isn't to make, I, I, I don't have any animosity towards her or anything about that situation, but we ended up having to move up to the North Bay because 
she, um, she got in a really good job and, you know, just circumstances were such that I was like, all right, well, whatever, you know, let's, let's move the family up there. So I was kind of a little frustrated with the Lord because um, for the last, you know, couple years I had um, really just found a home here. And um, I, I just was like, what do, you, what do you want to do up there? <laughs> you know, and uh, so I, I ended up uh, renting a, a town home. And um, one night I was, I was coming home from Blazing Fire and um, I was, you know, praying in the spirit and, and just really crying out to the Lord of just like, you know, like what, I, I kind of get, I, I don't know, I'm, sometimes I'm surprised like the Lord doesn't just strike me down because <laughs> Because like I was just like you know really frustrated with him and just letting him know letting him letting him know about it I guess and just asking him like well you're God you can do anything you want to do um, you know if you want me to win the lottery I can win the lottery these are not difficult things for you to manage um, and um, so I was kind of pursuing him in that vein anyways long story short I I um I was in my townhome and I had gotten a vision um, of of a place, and um, I was kind of taken aback in a little bit, but I, it, was, it was a pretty strong vision in the fact that there was land, there was a house, and there was some other, there was some other things, and he had given me a vi- somewhat of a vision. It's still being kind of written in terms of what he wants to do with it, but um, I just kind of was like, cool, you know, let's, and it was kind of, uh, I guess, a welcome or an invitation to go on an adventure with God. Um, it's not necessarily about the destination or what, I, what God has given me or what he plans to do with it as much as it's just an invitation to you know, go on a ride with him. And yes, I did end up getting, uh, I ended up buying a, a couple acre property or a little bit less than that in, in Sebastopol. And um, it, it has a house and I, I have some plans to do some other things and who, who the heck knows. I, but right now I'm just kind of, um, kind of excited uh, I, I was, I was kind of blown away because if going from vi- this vision to the actualization of this thing happen, happening was, was new to me. Like, I'd never really seen the Lord do something like that before in my life. And, um, and then when he did it, <laughs> I was just kind of like, I, I'd be honest, I was totally terrified um, because um, he gave me something that was extremely valuable, but in order to tap into that value... There's a tremendous amount of work and effort that is going to take place to have to, to do this. And so I was like, I knew what my financial situation was at the time. And so I kind of am still in a situation where I'm depending on him to bring like the Calvary um, to do the rest of the stuff that I need to do. I, I believe he's going to, but it's um, kind of where he's brought me. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. I just wanted to have them hear a little more about that because that's part of being being bold and trusting and walking through uncertainties. And now I'm trying to buy an ice cream franchise. So, um, so that's another. <laughs> that's another. That's so another. I, I'm just, I've kind of like, I guess if there's anything about me, it's just that God has told me a lot of stuff. And so I've been like, okay, like, let's test him out on these things. Like, is, I, I don't know if, I don't mean to see, sound mean spirited, but like, like, I want to see if, if, if these promises are really true. Like, is, is he really this good? I want to find out. <laughs> that's, that's really good, Tim. Thank you. And, and I wanted to... Well done. Well done. So do any of you have a question or comment for one of the other two on the panel? Good? Okay. Well, all right, then. Um, 
Well, no, not yet. You can pray anytime, but not for this. <laughs> so I wanted to um, kind of finish, finish up with another scripture, and then uh, we'll be, who, people who need to pick up their kids will need to pick up their kids. But then if you'd like, you can, if you'd like to stay, we can, you can ask the panelists some questions, if you guys are willing, or make, or make a relevant comment. <laughs> Not on any topic you wish, <laughs> but a, a, a comment about what about this this whole thing of God's learning God's ways. Let's see, there is a clicker. Oops, come back. So this is right after the the verse I just read to you, just a bit after it, uh, again from the Heart of Paul translation. And I just want to go ahead and close your eyes if you can, just let this go deep. Because of our relationship, I ask God to mix more and more love with your intelligence and evaluative power so that in each situation, you will choose the highest good and live without pretense or manipulation until the day of ultimate fulfillment. May you bring to reality all the potential of a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I'm going to read that again. May you bring to reality all the potential, all the potential of a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ and thereby fulfill God's intention, which magnifies his being. Amen. So, yes, please go pick up your children. And did anyone have, let's start with questions. Anyone have a question for, the, for our esteemed and honorable panels? I see that hand. <laughs> Could someone, Susan, would you mind? Being my runner, would you be Vanna? <laughs> yes, over there, Cecily. This question is for Tim. When did you first find out that Jesus like loved you? What day was that, or what was that like? I think every day I realize that. I'm, I, I don't. I don't feel like I've. I've even arrived at that yet. I, I, I feel like if I ever did get to that revelation more deeply that, um, like, watch out, <laughs> you know? Because I, I, I feel like in some ways that kind of even, that revelation maybe holds me back a little bit. Um, that's good, yeah. I, I see another hand, favor. This question's for all of you. Spawned on actually by um, something that Julia said. What, um, how do I say this? What lie about God did you previously believe that he shattered with experience with him? Does that make sense? Okay. I think that um, I believed that God was a good provider 
and for me because he had proved over and over again that he provided for us. You know, when Dirk got his fingers cut off and different things like that, he totally provided for us. So that wasn't a problem in my heart as much as um, I was always afraid of what he was going to make me do. And I realized that there were things that my father had me do when I was a kid that was really scary to me, like go, I had to go take the wheelbarrow out in the dark, way out. We had an acre and a half, so it was a big lot, and I had to go get wood and bring it in for the fireplace. And I would cry. I was a little kid, and don't make me go out there. There was no lights out there or anything like that. And my dad... I don't think he was trying to be mean, you know, because a lot of times he did it himself, but he was like tired. He was a hard worker. He worked seven days a week, um, physical labor because he was a contractor. And, you know, so then it would be like, go out and get the wood type of thing. And um, I felt like what scary thing, because I felt so scared the whole time. I'd run out there crying and get the wood and get come back in. And what scary thing is God going to make me do? And I think by um, part of the, my appointment that I had where I, where I found out that I didn't believe that God um, was emotionally involved with me and cared, um, he showed me that he was going with me to the wood pile each time I had to go do that. And I, don't, and I believe that my father really, my earthly father was really just thinking that I would go out there, I would get the wood, I would realize nothing happened to me, so I would stop being scared. But that didn't happen. <laughs> I just was scared every time I got sent out. So um, I think just knowing that God isn't like my dad and, and getting that revelation, and I didn't get it in my head. I got it in my heart, and that's the difference. I really appreciate, um, I really appreciate what you said, Julia, about realizing you had to stop blaming your past. Can you say a little more about how you got to that place? Well, I had to get some some healing to begin with to even start the process, to, but started to kind of gain a little momentum and realized that... Um, you know, each time I got an appointment or even just sometimes the Lord would just meet with me when I was talking to him about different things that, um, that I was the one that had to choose to forgive. I was the one that had to choose to let go of the offense. I was the one, you know, and it was like a, a light bulb went on and it's like, I am at the point where I have to choose. Do I want to stay stuck in the woundedness and the brokenness that I had from my childhood and blame my parents and blame, you know, whoever, whatever happened to me and my circumstances and different things. Did I want to stay blaming those things or did I want to move past them? And um, I have to say that the people here at Blazing Fire are the ones that showed me how to move past those things. You know, you see people like like Heidi Baker, and she's like, amazing, and she's out there, you know, just changing the world, and she seems so unattainable because you don't know her backstory. You don't know what she's gone through. You didn't see her walk the steps, but here in my home church, I'm seeing people walk the steps. I'm seeing them being transformed, and they're being an inspiration to me, so I'm hoping I can be an inspiration to somebody else. Thank you so much. Now, did either of you want to answer the question that, that Faber had about was there a, 
a, a lie that you'd believe that God helped you get free of, and what was that like? I, I, did I paraphrase that okay? Well, Thank you. That was so much better. <laughs> I, can, I can say something. I don't know if it's necessarily a lie, but I, I think um, I, I didn't really realize how how good he was, um, and that he works everything together for the good of those who love him. Like I feel like my life is like like should be stamped on that Bible verse. Like it's it's amazing what he's done. Um, with a total mess, not only in, in, in myself, but in my circumstances in my life. And um, it's still being written. That's good. Dirk, did you have anything? I'm, I'm just having trouble kind of pulling it together. Okay. That's um, I think you got some. So, Favor, you, you kind of got me thinking, and um, I think... What's coming to me is the the way I was um, taught religion um, didn't resonate with me, and 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 I think it was experiential, to use your word, in the way that um, we're learning to deal with each other. That, that it really does boil down to love in all its, def, all its different forms. And sometimes it's, um, <laughs> I mean, I can go into all kinds of, of different ideas, but, but it's that we really have to embrace that. And, and it's, not, it's not a grand theme, it's a, it's a theme that takes us into everybody we're dealing with every day. Write that one down. Several. Several, yeah, you guys, you guys are quotable. So another question, I think I'm gonna keep it on questions rather than comments. Yes. I heard Sorry. a couple of times control and letting go of control and in, in the season that I'm in, I, I think I let go of control and then I find that I'm really controlling something else and then, and then I let go of that and controlling something else. So how in your journeys has God walked you through releasing the desire or need to control your circumstances? And, yeah, try and talk above it because it's kind of like this. Um, made me think of Shrek, you know, it's an onion, <laughs> it's layers, <gasps> you get a little bit done, and then you think you're good, and then pretty soon, oops, here we are in control again. <laughs> so, um, yes, it's not a one-time thing for me, uh, certainly not, especially as, um, deeply seated as it was because um, when you, when I'm scared, when there's a certain um, area that I, uh, I was fearful about or something like that, I'd go right back to trying to make everything be the way I thought it should be. And um, because then it felt safer 
And so I just had to realize to recognize it. Once I recognized I was starting to be in control, then I was able to say, oh, here I am again, God. Okay, I'm sorry. I know your plan is better. I don't know what your plan is, but I know it's better. And I just, I let it go. And a lot of times I would just, you know, like actually physically like feel it leave, you know, and um, just receive his peace in a situation. And, but it's, it's over and over and over again. It's not a one-time thing. At least for me, it wasn't. Are there you gentlemen? I, can, I don't mind adding some. Um, I would say uh, trust is really the un thing that's underneath it. And um, I would say that the, the, the need to control arises from a lack of trust in him. And that's not a fun process to go through um, at all. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think there's an easy way around that one. I mean, I think that... I think his, his grace, his provision, his mercy um, brings us through, but that, it's just hard. It's hard to get to, to let him have access to that part of our heart that we're not trusting him and where we feel the need to step in and control. It's just, it's just challenging. Thank you. And just to add a little bit more, um, I, I like the trust that that things are going to work out for good. Um, I I really believe that, and um, and I think that it's it's okay to plan, but maybe your plans are in an open palm that you can. Um, other people are making plans at the same time, and and Papa's making plans, and. And so we have to be willing to uh, accept the change and trust that it will be all for good. That's good. One more question. One and a half more questions. Do I hear two? Uh, wait, Brent has one. Ooh, I missed that. So, no, I. Tim, you used a word when you were talking. I'm going to probably quote you slightly. I'll get the word right, which is violent. You used the word violent. And I've, something about the spiritual journey uh, being a, a violent one at times. You, but I'm just curious, because in a culture like ours, we don't hear words like that much. And I know some of it's because of your own personality. We've talked a lot, so I know God meets you the way he does. But I'm curious for when we're, even today after worship, I use the word ooey-gooey. That sounds a little different than violent. And, uh, you know... <laughs> Papa's love, but I know there's something we need to hear from you, so I just wanted to just explain a little bit more. What is that? What do you mean by that? What does that look like? Thank you. Thank you. I, I actually hesitated to even say that because I think um, it's, well, I mean, you know, if you tell people that, you know, accepting Jesus and into your life and that your life, that your life is going to end, there's going to be spiritual violence as a result is not a great way to endorse uh, <laughs> getting people to, you know, but, but I will say this, the violence doesn't come from Jesus. The violence comes, the spiritual, I, I don't know any other way to describe it, but just the stuff that he removes from us. Um, the things that he, the, the way that he, you know, reaches into our heart and heals something, and then he's got to remove something that's not of him. That process I, I, is violent because there's, there's an enemy that wants to keep us trapped and wants to keep us in this cycle of 
whatever, insanity, dysfunction, crazy things that we believe about God. And God wants to get that away, off of us, so that we can see him more clearly. Because a lot of times, like, like there is this, like, God is constant. And, and his presence is constant. His love for us is constant. He's, he's, he doesn't change. But we got junk in us that doesn't let us see him for who he is. And so he's got to get that out so we can see him clearer. And that's just violent. I can just say it's painful. It's extremely painful. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, I'm just repeating what <laughs> Faber said. The kingdom suffers violence, and the violence take it by force. Uh, look, I, I, okay, all right. Go, go ahead, Sue. Thank you. Yeah, the Greek word for violence in that scripture is bios, which is life, that emerging life that created the world. Wow, bias. Come on. Thank you so much for adding that, Terry. Okay, well... If you folks have other questions, you're welcome to engage our panel personally. And I would like um, the, the ministry team to come forward. Thank you, ministry team. Would you give them, them a hand? And could you also give our panel a hand? Yeah, and Susan, would you bring it over to Michelle? Michelle, would you like to pray your prayer? Uh, yes. Lord, bless Tim's purchase of the ice cream franchise. <laughs> Lord, bless Tim's purchase of the ice cream franchise. So, so, so I, I just... I just bless all of you in your consideration of your, of your own God's ways with you to, uh, to be curious and to notice and, as Dirk said, to be present, to be aware of what's going on and let that, let that get, get your attention, all of your senses, your, your natural senses and your spiritual senses, and enjoy it. We're, we sometimes think that it's all about the destination and sometimes when we're in a lot of pain, we're just holding on until we get to the destination of, of, you know, of heaven. But as much as possible, Jesus, is, I know, is really interested in walking with us every day. And that it's very meaningful for him that we do that with him. And it's very, it's very enriching for us when we choose to do that. So thank you, Jesus, that you are the way and the truth and the life. And we embrace you. We embrace your suddenlies and we embrace your processes that transform us to be more and more like our big brother. Amen.